Welcome to the Flood Church Sermon Podcast, where we bring you sermons from our teaching team at Flood Church Lilongwe, Malawi. For more information, you can go to floodchurch.com. This series is called A Community on the Move, uh, and today I'm going to be speaking about connecting with community, uh, and connecting means being intentional about establishing relationships with those around us because it's better for us to live dependent and connected than to live independent and disconnected. I think you can turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're looking at verse 17 to 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. And all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As a community, we can be easily tempted to function as a church family, where we connect to each other, but we grow out of touch with the world that is around us. We can easily become insular and insider-focused, but stop looking outward. But we are meant to be a community on the move together. So on the next eight weeks, we're going to be looking at how we can live our lives uh, as a witnessing community to the communities around us, to the areas we live in, and to our city. Because God has called us to be a community who is intentional in spreading the good news of Jesus. Jesus left a movement. He left a great commission that was to be caught by men and women who are willing to lay our lives down for him so that we can proclaim his word to the people around us. So this series that we're going to go through in the next eight weeks is actually going to uh, align with kind of what is our big annual outreach season. So I encourage you, as Brian said, next week on Sunday, we have Vision Day, and that will be your opportunity to hear about what big annual outreach events we have as a church coming up and how you can be a part of participating in those events. Uh, we're also, I also want to encourage you, if you're not in a growth group, to please get involved in a growth group. Our growth groups are going through a study of series that will align with this series Uh, And we'll look at how, as growth groups, we can be a community on the move. So please get involved with a growth group. I also encourage you to come along to a prayer cafe. Our prayer cafe will be praying through these topics as well. If you want to get absolutely the most out of learning what a community on the move is, I encourage you to engage in a growth group, connect with our prayer cafe, and come through on a Sunday morning. The bottom line question of this series is, how are you living out your faith when you are out there, when you leave the church, when you leave your home, when you're in the community. 
And I want to suggest today that there's three ways we can live. I'm going to talk through those three ways. The first is living a life of reclusion. This is where we build walls around us. We withdraw from other people. We live in isolation. We stop looking to the world that is out there and we just look to our own needs. And if our own needs are met, we say, you know what? I'm fine. I'm done. I'm okay. Living a life of reclusion involves an attitude that Jesus is for me. Salvation is for me. And once I have it, I have no other worries. I'm okay. As long as I'm good with Jesus, then we're all okay, is the attitude of a life of reclusion. And usually, if we're living a life of reclusion, we're doing it to protect ourselves, either from past hurts or from fear or discomfort. Either we're fearful that the world will actually not be receptive to the gospel or we fear people will reject us. We fear people won't be open to us. We fear that we won't know what to say. We'll be awkward. So instead we keep our faith to ourselves and we stay comfortable in our own worlds. We think as long as I'm praying, as long as I'm going to church, as long as I'm reading my Bible, that's what matters and that's enough. But Proverbs 18.1 actually says, The one who has isolated himself seeks his own desires, and he rejects sound judgment. The one who has isolated himself seeks his own desires. I want to clarify that I'm not only talking here about people who just stay alone all the time. Maybe you're an introvert and you're sitting there and you're like, but I do like time alone. And I acknowledge that solitude is actually extremely vital in our faith walks. I think we can have many people around us, but still be living lives of reclusion. And it's when we stop noticing the people around us as people that we fall into this trap. And I want to give you an example Uh, many of you might have heard Humphreys preach about how he hates flying. And I can affirm that is really true. Humphreys hates flying, and we've had the privilege to fly a few times recently together. Uh, I love flying, which is ironic a little bit, because he hates it and I love it. Uh, One thing we quickly notice that we're different in is I like to be a recluse when I fly. I I used to... Humphreys is reforming me. I used to be the person who would love checking in with the computer so that I don't have to talk to anybody. Then I'd get on the plane. I've worn my sunglasses on a plane before so that people wouldn't dare to talk to me. I will be a recluse. I will not talk to anybody. Humphreys is the opposite. Humphreys is that person. I don't know if this has happened to you, that you're sitting on the aisle seat and then there's the aisle and somebody leans over to greet you across the aisle. And I'll be like, "Uh, can you not see this divide that suggests that we shouldn't be communicating? Right now, well, Humphreys is that guy who'll lean across the aisle and be like, hi, how are you? And wave down the aisle, down the road. How are you? How are you? And I'm the one who's like, oh, no. By the end of a plane flight, Humphreys will often know the people in front of us, their names, the people behind us, their names. Uh, But he's reforming me slowly of my reclusive ways. So we got on a really long flight uh, just a couple of weeks ago. We're coming back from the U.S. It was a completely full flight. And we got on and we were in those three seats and I was in the middle and there was a man next to me and I thought, you know what, let me not be a recluse. So I leaned over and I said, hi, how are you? This guy looked at me, didn't acknowledge me, then just looked away. 
And I was like, oh, maybe I did it wrong. Like, I'm still learning this. Let me get Humphreys to do it. So I'm like nudging Humphreys. And he gets it and he leans over and he's like, hi, how are you? He offers his hand. This guy looks at Humphreys, ignores the hand and looks away. And then Humphreys and I are doing that thing where you're trying to not communicate so he knows. And I'm going, I don't know. Like, I tried. You've tried. What do we do now? Now, this is also awkward because we're at the beginning of a 14-hour flight. There's like, I couldn't even say there's space between me and this guy. We are literally, there's an armrest dividing us. Uh, and that guy did not communicate even once to us. He ignored our existence for the next 14 hours of that flight. Now, we were not alone in those space, in that space. We were very much close in that space, but there was no connection. There was no acknowledgement. Uh, we were basically living lives of reclusion from each other, even though we were right there. But this is not how Jesus demonstrates or calls us to live. Uh, he does not call us to a life of reclusion. I think the second way to live is to live a life of retaliation. A life of retaliation. This is where we try to win the world with crafty arguments and sharp words. Our attitude is that I'm right so I can blame others and correct the faults in others' lives and I'm doing them a favour by me doing that. It ha it, this type of living has an us and a them attitude and I'm the us and the us is always right and the people over there are the them. And sometimes they get it really wrong. And it's my job to correct them, no matter what the cost. This looks like being disagreeable and being argumentative. Uh, people who live like this are fighting to prove their point and make their stand all the time. Uh, and there's a saying that we actually use a lot when we meet for these marriage hangouts and in our pre-marriage counselling. When we say, you can win an argument with your words, but you can lose the person at the same time. And if you have won an argument, but lost the person, then you have lost the argument. Uh, believers who do this become domineering in fighting battles. They try to win people with worldly arguments, with worldly zeal. But this is not an example how, of how Jesus lived or how Jesus called us to live. Uh, now, I want to give a word of warning here. If you are a user, a regular user of social media, if you are updating your status on WhatsApp, if you're on Facebook, if you're on Instagram, you know, there's like 50 other social media platforms that are out there that actually, as I thought about this, social media is, makes it dangerously easy to live a life of reclusion and a life of retaliation. You can sit at home on your phone or your laptop and project any version of yourself that you desire through, so through social media. But that doesn't mean that you've made authentic connection. You are still sitting at home alone. The other thing that I think is really dangerous is that it's oh so easy and I think examples will come to all of your minds to use crafty arguments and retaliation on social media to try and make your point, 
to make your stand when you hit that comment button. This is something Humphreys and I have learned about ourselves. He's a comment reader, but I can't stand reading the comments. It provokes this horrible thing in me. So I want to give you a warning. Next time you're posting something on your social media, next time you're scrolling through, next time you're thinking, let me put this thing out there for the world, I want you to question, am I falling into the trap of living a life of reclusion? Am I just projecting this this, uh, sense of myself out there that doesn't actually give me real connection? Or am I retaliating with my strong and effective words just because I want to prove myself right? Ask those questions or ponder. Is this use of social media provoking authentic connection for me with other people? And now I don't want to throw social media out. I'm there as well. Uh, I don't think that social media is evil. I don't think it's of the devil because I actually think that it's a place where speaking wisdom and truth can be extremely powerful. I'm part of our media team here as a church and that's our constant prayer and hope that we as a media team can use social media to share the incredible truth of God. I also think that social media can be an amazing tool for building and maintaining authentic relationship. I moved five and a half years ago across from Australia and I still have amazing friends who I am authentically connected with and social media helps me do that. So I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but I want to challenge you in your use of social media to reflect how you're using it. Verse 19 of this passage says that God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them. And what we see here is that Christ was not disagreeable or argumentative. He did not fight simply to prove his point or be intentionally divisive and upsetting and irritating. Christ did not live a life of retaliation. He did speak truth. He did challenge people, and he did make people very uncomfortable. But then it says he did not count sin, but became sin. He did not do an us and them. He became the them. And then he reconciled all people to himself through dying. So instead of living a life of reclusion, instead of living a life of retaliation, I believe our call is to live a life of the third category, a life of reconciliation. Uh, The dictionary says that reconciliation or to reconcile is to reunite, to restore, to bring back together. And as I thought about this, I actually think The idea of reconciliation is foundational to the best movies, books, and these storylines. Where two characters, think about it, think about your favorite movie, and I'm guessing there's an element of this in the storyline. There are characters and they are separated or they are drawn apart or they are divided by something, and then it ends with them being reunited. Somebody recently told me that in kids' stories, people presume you can't go to hard or dark places, but actually for kids, they love things that will go to hard and dark places but demonstrate reconciliation. And if you think of kids' movies, The Lion King, those sorts of films, they do that. They take you to a place of great sadness, but then you finish with reconciliation. Now, I used to have a pastor who was just so touched by the reconciliation work that God has done 
that whenever he saw something that reminded him of that, that pointed him to that, it just brought him to tears. And it was beautiful. Except for the times we were at youth group. And I remember this time we were together and we watched, this is a long time ago, the movie National Treasure. And I mean, sure, it's a fine movie, but it's not the sort of movie that provokes the average person to tears. And by the end, he was just sobbing. And we as awkward teenagers were looking at him being like, what's wrong? Did we do something wrong? Did this movie say something wrong? And he told us that where he sees this story of reconciliation, people coming back together, it just almost always moves him to be reminded of what Jesus has done for him and brings him to tears. Uh, Reconciliation can be, let me give you some examples, repairing after a conflict or an argument. It can be coming back together after a long distance or a long time apart. Or it can be a restoration, not to a person, but to a good lifestyle, to a value or to a pattern that you may have slipped from. And reconciliation is the attitude and it is the work of Jesus Christ. If you look through the Gospels, you can see that Jesus did not build walls and isolate himself to protect himself from the pain of sin and the pain in this world. He did go into solitude to seek his God, but he did not hide from this world. Also, Jesus did not simply ride down on thunder and lightning with his justified judgment, his sharp words, and his incredible arguments to strike us. Jesus came as a baby. He walked as an ordinary man on earth. And then he died because his mission is the reconciliation of all people to God. So if we look at verse 21 of this passage I read, it says that God who made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It says God made him who had no sin to be sin. That shows us that God's aim was the reuniting of all people to himself, to God, so that all people could live in harmony with their creator. As I said before, this doesn't mean that Jesus didn't speak words of hard truth, that Jesus didn't put out words of great challenge. Jesus did turn tables, uh, but he did all of that for the same people that he was willing to die for and walk amidst and live amidst. Then verse 20 says, when we look at this work that Jesus has done, when you think of the weight and the power of it, these are powerful words. It says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. This means that this story that God has done and is doing of reuniting all people to himself is to be enacted and demonstrated and told and lived out by us. Even though we can see this story in every book, or movie, or play that you might read, or watch. We should not wait for that to be what tells people about the reconciliation of Jesus. We must live out that reconciliation. We are the ones 
who need to tell the people around us, to demonstrate to the people around us what Jesus has done for us. But to do that, this verse is very clear, we must first be reconciled to God. Uh, And I want to remind you today, if you haven't thought about this for a while, that we have a God who overcame the impossible divide. There was, it, it seemed impossible that we could be reunited, that we could be reconciled with him, but he did what he needed to do to overcome that divide. He paid a very high price to reunite us. He suffered incredible pain. He bore an undeserved consequence and he did all of this so that we could be reconciled to him. And I want to challenge you to just stop and marvel at the beauty of that. Maybe you can think of a time where you've reconciled to somebody and maybe it cost you your pride. Maybe it cost you some effort. Maybe it cost you money and it was a painful thing to do. And Jesus did that times infinity fast for all people. Then when you think about this work that Jesus has done, this work that Jesus is doing to reunite us to him, I then want to challenge you that he has given you the opportunity to take up a role as his ambassador, to demonstrate to the people around you what Jesus has done by also living a life of reconciliation. And I want to challenge you today to do that by getting connected, to become an ambassador of reconciliation by connecting to those who are around you. Maybe uh, you have become an isolated or a reclusive person. Maybe that's the life you've been living. Or maybe you have been using crafty arguments or hiding behind your pride, easily becoming frustrated with the people around you. Uh, And I first want to challenge you to uh, seek to restore intimate relationships. Maybe you have people who you do need reconciliation with. This week, don't let that go on. Reconcile with those people. Restore those relationships. So I'd also want to give you the opportunity this morning, maybe you aren't reconciled with God. Maybe you hear that story, but you think, you know what? I'm not at peace with God. I've not accepted this incredible offer he's made. And I want to invite you this morning. We're going to do a song soon. We will have prayer counselors who will be wearing lanyards and holding signs. They will be standing up here. They'll be standing at the back as well. They'll be all around the church. If you have not reconciled with our creator God, this morning is your opportunity. I encourage you to come find one of our uh, prayer counselors uh, and say to them, I want to be reconciled to this God. And if you are a follower of Jesus, I want to challenge you. I found this saying this week and I love it. Reconciled people live reconciled lives. As I said, you are an ambassador. If you have received Jesus, you are a reconciled person. So I challenge you to live a reconciled life. I want to give two focused ways two challenges for how you can do this this week. The first is to look for ordinary connections. 
This week, when you go out, pay attention to the lady who sells you airtime on the side of the road or the guy who sells you tomatoes, the woman who sells you bananas, or pay attention to the girl who might serve you at ShopRite this week. Because as I said, if we don't, if we don't pay attention to the people around us, we stop seeing them as people. We become reclusive in the community that we are actually immersed. We are seeing those people, we're interacting with them, but we aren't connected. We become reclusive. So I want to challenge you this week for the people that you interact with on a daily basis to greet those people. Greet them and ask them their name. Know the names of the people who sell you bananas, of the people who serve you at checkouts. And then ask for their stories. Build a real connection with them. Know those people. The second challenge I want to give you this week is to make authentic connections. Uh, maybe you, this is definitely something I'm guilty of, sometimes hide behind an arrogant attitude or your proud words and become easily frustrated when the people who serve you maybe don't do it in ways you expect. Uh, anybody who's preached like this before will know that generally when you preach, God will challenge your own heart. And I was greatly convicted of this this week when a woman uh, gave, was very slow in her service and I found myself being frustrated and throwing sharp words at her before I was convicted to remember that she's a person who was probably at the end of a really long shift who just wanted to be going home. Uh, and so I had to go back and apologise to her and uh, learn to build a connection with her. So I want to challenge you this week for the people who serve you to connect with them, to build authentic connection. Maybe these are tellers or salespeople or the people who put petrol in your car or maybe, God forbid, they're your minibus driver or the guy who stands at the door summoning you in. These are the people who serve you and I want to challenge you to build an authentic connection with these people by blessing them. So this week when somebody is serving you, maybe you'll be in a restaurant or maybe a fast food place or maybe in your local neighborhood and I want you to identify somebody who serves you and to bless them with an encouraging word or a kind word or maybe some other kind of blessing. Humphreys and I did this recent, uh, relatively recently. On New Year's, we needed Airtel money because we had to send somebody money and it was New Year's. So this was maybe already a hard task. We finally found a woman at City Mall who was doing Airtel money. And we got there and she was like half asleep. It was New Year's. Hey, she was half asleep and we said, hey, we need Airtel money. She could not have served us more apathetically. She was like, oh, okay. She was so grumpy. She didn't look at us. She didn't greet us. We did this interaction. We uh, got our Airtel money and then we started to walk away and Humphrey said, wait. He turned back to her and he said, I want to bless you and say Happy New Year's and give you this few thousand kwacha just for you so that you can celebrate this new year. You should have seen how she changed, hey? She sat up in her seat, she looked us in the face, she smiled and she just, she didn't have words. She didn't know how to thank us and it was actually one of the most significant things that happened for us this New Year's, that we got to be, we got to serve her, we got to know her, we still see her when we pass by at City Mall and she will still smile at us uh, and we connected with her by blessing and serving her 
as she served us. So I want to challenge you this week. Look for ordinary connections and make authentic connections. Do it not because you want to gain something. You're not doing this so that you get the bananas cheaper next time. (laughs) You're not doing this so you get to cut the line at the bank. You're doing it because you've received reconciliation from God, which is the ultimate gift you could ever have received, and you're doing it because reconciled people live reconciled lives. Let's pray. Father God, we bless your name. Thank you that you sent your son, and he was born as a helpless baby. And he walked this earth and he challenged the authorities and then he died and then he gave a commission that now all his people would be his ambassadors. We would live out the example he had set of selfless love, sacrificial love. And you did that for all people, God. So we praise you. I pray that as we go out this week, let us connect with the community around us. Let us serve the people who are in our neighborhoods, who we interact with every day. Let us build authentic relationships. Let this city know that person goes to flood and they always ask me. They always greet me by name. They know my story. And when I serve them, they love me. Let us be a community on the move who demonstrate your love. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Flood Church Sermon Podcast. Please send us your feedback by commenting below or by emailing floodlilongwe at gmail.com.